For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 135 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we have a very, very special guest this week, making his second Blue Harvest appearance. He is the editor-in-chief of MakingStarWars.net. He is also part of MakingIndie.net and its podcast, Keeping Up with the Joneses. He is part of Fingered. He is part of Ghost Fancy. He's a writer. He's a Star Wars Renaissance man, mayor of Swamp City, Jason Ward. Wow, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Nobody knows what Swamp City is. That was great. <laughs> we know what Swamp City is. That's, that's what like... matters. <laughs> Do you have any but, idea yeah. how excited I am that you're on? Uh no. No, you probably you but I understand, like, you know, you gotta like pump it. You gotta be like, oh yeah, it's the it's our show, man. Like, it's cool. This guy is cool. But you're like, fuck, man. We need to get some real guests someday. <laughs> you I'm are the real guest. That's what we're <laughs> no. talking about. <laughs> no, I, I'm just glad that, you know, you got over your little fit and will actually show up when I'm on. And so I just, know. You know I, I can only apologize soldier. for not being here. Acting, you know, always acting like you're better than me. Whenever we play video games, I, I've noticed on there you kind of have like an attitude like you should be the mayor of Swamp City. No, uh -oh. not at all. <laughs> well, I'm just not saying I've seen how Jason deals with disloyalty in the member the the populace of Swamp City. You don't want to go there. <laughs> poor 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 Corey. Rip he, he learned he's learned, he's learned lessons about keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> um so we're gonna talk a little Star Wars stuff this week. That's what we do. Talk about some Star Wars. Um Considering the last three weeks, there has been some sort of PUBG talk. I'm sure it's going to show up. We can't help it. We're I can't help obsessed. It's what I'm doing. Um, well, let's get it out of the way. Chicken dinner count for the week, Will. How many? I have one chicken dinner. Period? Period. Sweet. Me too. Lifetime. Lifetime. I got one. I got one finally. Me and nice. Randy got one. Nice. Yeah, me and Randy got one like two or three nights ago. How did it end? Well, I, w I was dead. 
Because you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of a giver, you know. Yeah. Like, I was like, I was like, I was like, Randy, you're really good at shooting a gun. You're you're a sniper. You know, you're you're, you're way better at this game than me. But you know what? You're gonna do it because I drove the car. <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, like that, that game is intense, and I'm just wondering why Battlefront isn't just stealing that mode. Mm. Just steal that mode. Right. And your game will sell another 4 million copies. Yeah. Okay, that's so that's what I'm talking about. We have some video game discussion lined up for the evening, so we might as well just that's perfect segue to that. Um Did you want to give me a hot steaming help of business? Oh, I almost See, I'm so excited that Jason's here. I almost forgot to give everybody the business. We'll do a quick business. I need the business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We are part of the best damn ass Star Wars podcast network in the galaxy where we stand shoulder or sit shoulder to shoulder next to <laughs> a pantheon of Star Wars titans such as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Podcast 2187, The Sith List, Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Cantina Cast, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Mm. That was a hot help in the business. There's the business. <laughs> All off the top of my fucking head. I got business on the brain. So so that's how you do a business, because sometimes our business is like 45 minutes. Oh, I, and, I, and, I love and, the and long business. <laughs> I love the long business. <laughs> I love the long business, uh, but I'm uh, I'm known for the short business. You know mm-hmm. what? I I prefer the short business. I mean, short business is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so you mentioned like, uh, why not? Why doesn't Battlefront add sort of a battle royale type mode to the game? And if you want my honest opinion, that is 2018's horde mode if you guys remember back in like the gears of war 2 era they added that new mode horde mode where it was like four people co-op and you're just surviving surviving waves and waves of enemies right they get progressively harder right oh right right and after all of a sudden the halo odst had it yeah it blew up every and they didn't even like they would be like yeah it's our horde mode like it came became colloquially it became known as the horde Mm -hmm. mode I ain't even going to try and do that word. Colloquially? Colloquially. Jackpot. Um, I I consider this a podcast colloquium. Mm. (laughs) Um, I dig it. So I think we will... I mean, obviously you have PUBG. Then it's most recent and like probably the most popular sort of spinoff or ripoff or whatever you want to call it of that style is Fortnite. They added their own Battle Royale mode. Um. The rumors that are sort of going around is the next Halo is going to have it. Are you serious? That's the rumors is that the Ooh, next buddy. the next Halo is going to have a a very similar type mode. Um and one thing that Star Wars video games has done since the beginning of Star Wars video games is kind of wait for someone else to come up with a new genre or a new take or a new spin and then adapt it to the star Wars license. It's a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Uh, I just hope that when it does come around, it's not a shitty mobile game like uh, (laughs) a star Wars Royale on EA mobile. 
Right. Star Wars, Extremities of the Galaxy. <laughs> some, some stupid name like that. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I would almost say that you could bet on it for Battlefront 3, but because of some recent news that came out from the EA uh, earnings call or whatever the ship that's called, it, it looks like the future of Battlefront may not be as clear as you would once think. Um, if it were to follow its normal release schedule, you could probably look forward to Battlefront 3, you know, November 2019, right before Episode 9. But uh, that doesn't seem to be the case this this time. In fact, in the earnings call, they said that the future of Battlefront is not clear, that they haven't even really thought about a Battlefront 3. Or, have, you know, basically said... They don't have any plans for a Battlefront 3 yet. Um, and I, th- I think we all know why that might be. No, <laughs> I have no idea what you are talking about. Oh, you mean it's not the thing that everybody in Star Wars fandom was freaking out for a month before The Last Jedi came out? Then The Last Jedi came out and they had something else to bitch about? You know, honestly, I don't know what you're talking about because I couldn't pay my bills, so I didn't have the internet because I bought all of these loot boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not sure what's what's going to happen. Okay, so <laughs> you know, there was the huge loot box kerfuffle, the huge outpour, and kerfuffle. <laughs> that's putting it lightly. I mean, snafu is probably it's uh, also um... too lightly. <laughs> Disaster. Clusterfuck is yeah. probably a good one. And and uh, to be honest, in many ways, very justified. The thing is, is we like we discussed before on the show, I think it got it worse because it's something as high profile as Star Wars. Whereas, like, yeah, I, I feel like the way that the loot boxes were originally, before they took them out, uh, could in cases be sort of predatory and kind of shady business practices. It's EA, not to be unexpected. It's I, I feel like it became a lightning rod because of Star Wars it did. popularity already. It did. It, you know? It's because for like media and stuff, for it to blow up, it, it it's not just Overwatch. Like if you say Overwatch to my parents, they don't know what the fuck Overwatch is. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you do a story on the news like, oh, there's this video game Overwatch that's selling kids loot boxes, and it's kind of like gambling, which is always the... the fucking direction they try to take it in these reports right right my parents are gonna be like yeah. oh what the fuck's overwatch but if you run that story and they say there's a star wars game that's trying to sell kids loot boxes then i'm getting calls from my dad that are like what the fuck's a loot box yeah right uh, Do you I'm, have I'm... them what was that <laughs> no Sorry. he was your dad would be like do you have loot boxes <laughs> what is a loot box i need to know what a loot box is Hey, man, hey, buddy, got me them loot box. <laughs> so no, I'm I'm like DJ on it, man. I'm just like don't join. Yeah, I mean that's don't don't like it. Don't participate. If you have right. a gambling problem and loot boxes uh, make you sweaty, don't play. I just I take a away. very similar like I have a very specific type of DLC in a game that I have no problem paying for. I'm a fan of DLC. I'm a fan of being able to buy a game. And if I really like that game, there's more content that I can get a few months down the road. I was big into like Mass Effect's DLC because they added huge chunks of content. You're talking maybe 10 hours extra game time per DLC, if not more. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Battlefronts, you know, like I, it's it, there. I never saw anything in the loot boxes that compelled me to spend money on loot boxes. I felt like I'm going to play this game a whole bunch anyway. I'll probably end up doing enough progression to get at least most of the stuff I want. Granted, I, you know, still two months in, I don't have most of the stuff I want, but I kind of fell off because of fucking PUBG. Well, yeah, well, I, I play every day. Right. I mean, I, I still I still get on every day and I, I play and I have to be honest, like my 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 honest take on it is that it I I immediately very early on maxed out a few of the things that I cared about. Right. And those were like what I consider to be my my like money makers, you know, like the assault class. Max that one out, like my Kylo Ren and my Ray and my Luke Skywalker. Max those guys out, like in the first like week. Got the cards I liked, bought the cards I liked, maxed them out, and then I I earn all my my money for other things on those those characters. And um, but here I am, two three months out now. I'm still playing the game because I want to progress other classes and it's fun. And I still feel like if if like Will Will wasn't ever playing, like Will got it today, and Will showed up and dropped 900 bucks and bought a bunch of loot boxes, he still wouldn't know the maps. He still wouldn't know how the moves perform. He still wouldn't know like the behaviors and stuff like that. Like I don't feel like you could really buy yourself to the top of the game. The problem with it is that if the general logical progression of it is very slow. Right. But it being Star Wars and a game that we're going to play a lot, I'm kind of glad that like I didn't just max everything out in the first month <laughs> i am kind of glad about that but at the same time i do acknowledge that it is a, a bit too slow yeah the progression is slow it's it's noticeably slow mm-hmm. um on the I, other I, hand I, go ahead buddy no i didn't mean to interrupt no no go ahead N- no you go ahead i've been chatting my well, fucking I was saying, cool I, head off I, I almost precisely agree with what jason said um the one thing that I noticed, you know, cuz I played a bunch. I played a bunch early on and I have fallen off recently, and it's not because I didn't like it. It's just cuz other things caught my attention more, but the progression system is slow and painfully slow if you don't put the money for loot boxes. So, you know, I'm playing Starfighter and the guy that's owning me has the 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 pimped out lasers and the pimped out shields or whatever, and I I put, you know, but you got to put your time in to get those points if you're not going to drop the money on it so that you can get up to that level. And it just takes time. And I've gotten there over time by using the crafting parts. Uh, it's frustrating that you get doubles, you know, double cards in your loot boxes. You're like, oh, man, yeah. that could have been something I didn't have. And it'll still give you some credits for the duplicate. But that's not as cool as the system knowing it already gave you that. Um, and that's the progression of the classes. Now, And I totally agree. The uh, progression of the classes is what makes it compelling to continue playing. Because as you progress through the classes, you also unlock the guns, the different guns and the attachments and all that stuff for it. So you yep. really have to put in time and kills. We're talking 250 kills per class to unlock the next gun. You know, and, and that's that's a lot of time to play. And then 500 kills to get one attachment. That is just it, it. It is required such a time sink. I think if some of that weren't in place it would maintain longevity for a larger group of people. And that's my own, you know, uh, and that's not, it's not that I don't want to go back and play it because I certainly do. And I, I will, and I am. Um, but I, it, it seems like a flaw in the system. And the fact that progression comes to the loot boxes makes it frustrating, but understandable because you don't have to do that. And it, it doesn't really affect the enjoyment, but uh, you know, some of those guys are pimped out from early on. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, on my, on the assault class, like recently, I unlocked the uh, third gun finally, and 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 some of the the uh, scopes for it. Is it awesome? And it, it's the EL. It's like the one that Finn uses. Right. And um, but when I unlocked that, man, I, I, I felt like the true like <laughs> jump up. Like once I got that gun, I became like a like a top five player. Oh wow! And, and it. it and but that's like not something you could have bought yourself to necessarily. You couldn't have just like paid your way there. And that's true. You're very right. And but but I'm also like a guy who likes Dark Souls and and likes um, playing MMOs that require me to play hundreds of hours to get right. to like level you know whatever. And so so I I do kind of appreciate that. But I see how that's not like some people want that like uh, like that instant achievement feeling. Right. And it doesn't give it to you, but it does feel good. Like when you unlock like a really good like like the final upgrade of one of the starfighters and like now like your sonic bombs or whatever on your slave one are like just so awesome. <laughs> right. Like like you, you do feel like like the the um that you have progressed and that it, that that things just got easier for your quality of life it on does. that character. You're right. And so so that's why I'm still playing, I think. But it makes I also feel like a badass. Yeah, yeah. And, and but like battlefront like 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 when you look at like uh like I don't Will, did you ever play EverQuest? Uh never EverQuest, but I did I know the the Okay. Uh, I played yeah. WoW. You know, I played a lot of WoW. Yeah, yeah. So no and that's kind of where where I was going with it was like I like I love both of those games. I love WoW and I love EverQuest. But like EverQuest was like you're going to work for anything. Everything's <laughs> going to be really really hard. Yeah. And then here comes WoW and WoW was just like, "Hey, we're like the arcade version of of um EverQuest." And you get instant gratification constantly, right. and and like people um, flock to it. it. It killed EverQuest. It just killed the whole the whole MMO genre and owned it. Right. And and it's like so that that goes to show you like that is the successful way for like the equivalent of a popcorn movie in video games is Battlefront, you know. And 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 wow, and it's like so that Battlefront shouldn't be doing what I like that it's doing. I I, I totally acknowledge that it should be way friendly and people should all feel like they're um a, an action hero when they pick up the game right. but instead you feel like you're a stormtrooper <laughs> in reality <laughs> right yeah <laughs> precisely um so uh yeah i i i feel bad for for, for battlefront i i think the, I the last battlefront was terrible honestly yeah and and this new one is the game that the first one should have been right and uh it, it, it's too bad it, it's like i feel like in this last year between last jedi controversies and that this game's controversies i feel like the world it doesn't want us to have good things <laughs> well see that's the thing it's a shame because Battlefront 2 like is good. I really enjoy it. It's sh it's a shame that they did something kind of boneheaded on their part and kind of out of their hands on their part. Like obviously it, EA is the one who made the decision. Who I feel bad for is like uh Mitchie and Walt that wrote Oh yeah. Yeah, nice guys. Yeah. Wrote the campaign which is really good like probably the best Star Wars video game storyline content that we've gotten since maybe the Ever? first yeah, the first Force Unleashed Force first Force Unleashed game yeah yeah so like Shadows of the Empire right um tie fighter had a decent story and Battlefront 2 pretty much like in my top 3 
of of story of game stories. Right. And and like Republic Commando was cool. Republic Commando was cool. It was cool. Um yeah, it's just a shame like that this boneheaded move and in the way I feel like had they decided to make it cos- cosmetics and and things like that, things that don't affect the gameplay, like yeah, people would have been like Oh, that sucks. That's that's greedy. Microtransactions, blah blah blah. The fact that they did tie the ability to, uh, you know, make your progression faster yeah. in some ways was a boneheaded move. Boneheaded move. And like, you know, I just feel bad for the people that put a lot of hard work into that game and and made it such a fun product to play, to have it hum- hamstrung by some EA business de- decisions, right? And then. The- on the earnings call, they they were talking about how Battlefront didn't perform as well as they had projected. They had originally projected it to sell 8 million copies, and it sold 7 million copies, which, to me, I was surprised it didn't take a bigger hit with as big as that story sort of blew up. Like, a million off was is fewer than I thought it would be off of their original projection. <laughs> That that really isn't that. I I honestly thought it might might have been worse for a time, uh, but I I I think that it, part of the problem, and I could be wrong, but my guess is that it, EA is mostly a sports culture kind of place, based right. on like what most of their other products are, and and things like that. But like with Star Wars, dude, there was no reason at all that it progressing in the game needed to be. Uh, or that it microtransactions need to, needed to be about making progression faster when Star Wars is all about cosmetics. Right. Like, I don't, I, I really think that it, like, people would have been critical of there being, like, 15 different Han Solo skins that you could buy. But I also think that people would be like, just don't buy it then on right. that right. one. Right. Because because that would that would have been the argument. It was like, yeah, you don't want to look like that or you do, then cool, you can. You can. But with Star Wars fans, like I would have spent more money. I didn't spend any money, but I would have spent money on on costumes. I really truly would have. Right. I would I would have dropped twenty bucks if there was like a a twenty skin character pack or something like that, like easily. But just because I would have been bored. It's a, so dumb that it they don't understand like how how it works. The amount of money I've spent on character costumes for fucking Street Fighter, like I would have easily dropped the money for. For character skins, hero skins, like, you know, like, I know it's not, like, in line with Star Wars canon or whatever, but to me, the multiplayer matches don't need to be in line with Star Wars canon, because there's no way those are considered canon. So let me deck out my Stormtrooper in different paint jobs and shit. Like, if I'm playing a First Order Stormtrooper, and I want to have the fucking bloody marks that Finn has it on, you know, has... Put that in a loot box instead of level progression stuff, you know? If I want clone trooper, different paint jobs and stuff like they had in Clone Wars, let me do that and just put that kind of customization stuff in there. Plus, like you're saying, different hero costumes. And I think they still would have made a little chunk of money off of loot boxes, which is what they wanted. And I think they would have not had as big of a controversy bite them in the ass with this game different lightsaber crystals like who gives a fuck put a purple one a white one you know all the ones that are currently in canon like who gives a shit like it'd be cool as fuck luke shows up with a purple lightsaber that'd be awesome like i don't it's fuck you know like you said like these battles aren't aren't canon like not every battle has to be canon specific 
And so the I'd have a fucking pink Darth Vader. If that was the only skin I had unlocked, I'd wear it. And pink <laughs> Darth Vader would show up and he would whoop ass. Like, yeah, no, me, Amanda, and I dropped about two hundred dollars throughout the first year of Overwatch on loot boxes. Oh, I hate wow. to admit it. I hate to admit it, but it did happen that way. And yeah. um, you don't even realize it. And, and I, I, I get where people get like very critical of it because you don't realize it. But, but in truth, like for for me, like uh, with Overwatch, we we only played that game for a year. Like like only that game. We didn't really play other games. Right. So like every single like month that I was spending like twenty bucks like on on costumes that month, it like saved me from buying like another sixty dollar game. And kept me in that. Yeah, so I actually, like, it, it was a justified purchase at the time. And, um, you know, when you look back on anything, like, it is a waste of money. Yeah, but in the moment, is 2020. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, but, you know, that Friday night that I that I got $10 and she got $10 worth of costumes <laughs> or loot boxes. That's um, it, it saved us money from going out. Like, it really, really was fine. It really wasn't, like, like a big deal. And... It, it it is something though that it that conversation in gaming that needs to happen is a, about gambling. If if people are really that worried about gambling and how people who gamble interface with the stuff, that's important. But I think that it that conversation needs to go to the mobile games and to the Facebook games and to the to the moms spending hundreds of dollars on Bejeweled or or, or whatever that puzzle game is on Facebook. Right. Like, you know what I mean? To like to like get past like that's where the actual like predatory stuff is going on. It's like, but this is Star Wars. So once you have Star Wars, then it's really easy to latch on because it's going to be it's it's clicks, man. Right. Like, just anything with and, Star Wars, it's clicks. And I hate to be the clickbait guy because I I get that thrown at me, even though like I don't do clickbait at all, uh, and people still like will, like to throw that around. And it, but it, it it's true. It, it's like if you just put Star Wars with something controversial, you have a good story. Um, it's true. So in their you know, earnings call. They basically said, "Oh well, it didn't sell as much because of the microtransaction controversy." And then, pretty much like two sentences later, they're like, "But we still believe in microtransactions, so they'll be going back into the game." They didn't give a timeline for it, although they have announced that a new progression system is being implemented sometime in March. So that's when the microtransactions will be back, guaranteed. Um, maybe they'll just make it a little faster. Maybe the progression will be a little faster and, you know, it is, it's going to be what it is. This one is the one when people think back at battlefront two, this iteration of battlefront two, first thing they're going to think about is, Oh yeah, that whole microtransaction thing. You know, there's certain things that, uh, stick with general people about certain things when it comes to star Wars special editions. Oh, Han shot first. Well, fuck that. Battlefront 2, oh, microtransactions. That's what it's going to be. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> just like any big video game franchise, that'll be what this is remembered for, period. I mean, video games moving forward. You can guarantee yourself the next Call of Duty, the next Halo, the next whatever, they're going to be have to be real careful about their microtransactions because they're going to all be like, well, hey, remember what happened to EA on Battlefront 2? Like, maybe we should do, you know, blank, blank, blank. Right, right. And, well... See, the thing is, is there are people um, that, like, are trying to get it examined by the government for possible regulations. And it, I, to me, it reminds me of back in the early 90s 
when the whole ESRB thing came around, where basically the government told the video game industry, if you guys don't self-regulate this, we're going to regulate it for you. And so the video game industry as a whole came together. They created the ESRB, and that's why we have ratings on video games now. And it's all back to fucking, you know, Joe Lieberman seeing fucking Night Trap and Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis and flipping his lid, right? So, like, eventually something like that will have to happen. And the best outcome is for the video game developers and, and publishers to come together and figure out some sort of regulations for these loot box type things and i think my main concern and i guess everyone's main concern really is just the children's exposure to it so like like we were talking about earlier the difference between wow and everquest was that wow offered you a lot of instant gratification quickly i mean and that's psychologically when we talk that's like dopamine surges every time you accomplish something you get something good some reward that's a small dopamine surge in your brain and that's what keeps you coming back it's part of what keeps wow so addictive that's what makes facebook and social media so addictive uh there's little dopamine surges for likes and retweets and all this kind of stuff um and there you know that's just uh, the concern is that children are exposed to a system where you're basically rolling the dice. You know, it's and it's not rolling the dice. And I know that's, but the, it's a random number generator. You know, it's these these things are put into random number generations, and your dopamine surges are random. And right. that you know, intermittent reinforcement is the most powerful type of reinforcement. When we talk about behavioral psychology, if you give someone you know, a reward every single time, that's not as, as, as reinforcing as giving someone every other time or every third time. That will keep you coming back. You know, A rat will continue to push that bar all day long if the reinforcement is intermittent to get food because he doesn't know which one it's going to get. That's basically the concept behind the gambling and the, the random number generator. You know, It's a concern I, I, that you're con- introducing children to that. And, and establishing that when i was like eight years old i got really crazy about ghostbusters 2 trading cards <laughs> and and do you do you think that it that that it's the same thing um this is this i think is... it to a lesser element to a lesser and more benign element it's the same you know collecting with trading cards and stuff like that yeah. i mean that getting really rare cards that you're really proud of and to show off those are, you know, that's a, you know, acquiring that that first moment is a dopamine surge. That's why you buy the packs. You know, I I did it too with Marvel cards. You know, I loved it. I had a big Marvel card collection. Yeah, me too. It was the, awesome. I still got it somewhere. I'll have to dig it out now. The one thing that I would say makes it a little different for me is like, okay, you go out and you buy a Ghostbusters 2 movie trading cards. You've got those cards. As long as you take care of them and don't like throw them away or fuck them up, you always have those cards. That uh, is true. With me, and this is probably me just being an old, like a old piece of shit about this, but like buying digital content to me, and I've done it plenty of times. I've bought Overwatch loot boxes. I bought fucking, I bought credits in that stupid Star Wars Uprising game. I spent money on that stupid Star Wars Uprising mobile game. Like, I've done it before, man. I've bought Tops digital Star Wars cards yeah. with real money. You know, the thing that's different to me is like. The Battlefront 2 servers aren't always going to be up. Eventually, the player count will drop down so low that EA it's more financially uh, feasible for EA to just shut the server down. So those online services and all that stuff you've unlocked will be gone, essentially, at that point. And that's kind of the one small difference where I'm like, I don't know if it's exactly the same. 
Yeah, I, I thought about this before too, and I, I'm like, like I have a lot of Return of the Jedi um, card, like trading cards from when I was a child, and honestly, I really probably couldn't sell those and buy Taco Bell today. Right. Like when you get down <laughs> to it, I do, I do have something. Huh. I do have them, but, <clears> but it's about as worthless as, as the shutdown server, practically. Yeah, I I know it's a very small yeah. difference in my mind, and plus <laughs> it's it, like that's very old school of me to be like, well, it's digital. Like it's it's the same thing that keeps me from buying all my games digitally. Sometimes, like like if I'm just looking for a game to play, I might just buy one digitally. But like if it's a game I'm looking forward to, I actually still go out and get the the physical copy, which is dumb. Why not just do the convenience of the digital copy, right? But something I'm like, well, well, you also what can't trade a, a, a one in. Yeah, know. that's that's part of it for sure. I mean, I hardly trade in games unless I mean, it's we're one talking that about I'm, the value of it, right? But like, I hardly I, trade in games unless it's one that I'm just like, I will never touch this again. This is going back. Yeah, I, I have a library that I amass. You know, I consider. If it's worthy enough to make the library, it stays. If if I'm not going to play it again or don't want to hang on to it, it it gets resold. I, I wish EA and Lucasfilm would look at Rockstar and what they did with uh, G- a GTA Online. Right. Dude, I, I think I think I think it should. I think if Battlefront was a platform, and and like we generally have like like sort of like a, a soft promise of. Yeah, the the crap you buy in here is going to really like have some longevity and carry over maybe for a generation or so, you know? That would that would really change it up. That would really make the big Star Wars is a huge consumer base and yeah. if we knew that you know, there was a, like I said when I say soft promise cuz you never know what's going to happen. Right. But um, you know, when they if they were to promise that it, you know, hey, yeah, this uh, costume that that you're gonna buy and these cards that you've unlocked are gonna carry over. Like I, w- I would, s- it would change everything. Oh, it totally. Yeah. Would. You you would feel like it was an investment and fun for years to come, and and it would just. I but instead, like the way that they did it was so rooted in my mind to like the sports culture mode uh, of of you know FIFA and that kind of stuff, and it, it's not the same. It's not the same culture. Both are rabid consumers, but you not in the same way. That's absolutely right. I never thought about it like that, but that's it's marketed more like a FIFA. Well, yeah, you know, competitive gaming. It absolutely is. Those like a those loot boxes are are essentially the exact same thing as like the FIFA Ultimate Team packs that they offer for their online stuff. That's it, it's almost like you can see how and those things are crazy successful. FIFA packs fucking sell you guys like crazy, and you can almost see where EA is like shit. We made so much extra money without having to do any work from just FIFA packs. We got to start doing that. Let's do that in the UFC game. So they do it in the UFC game. Let's do that in Madden. They do it in Madden. Oh, we got Star Wars. Let's do it in Star Wars. <coughs> so, I don't know. Uh, one of the bigger pieces of video game related news, like I said earlier, they said they had no real plans for Battlefront 3 now, which I don't know about you guys. Do you think we'll actually see a Battlefront 3 or do you think the Battlefield or Battlefront franchise is kind of cursed to only be a two game series? I think they're trying I I think they're making a smart move by saying there are no current plans for a for a Battlefront 3. Because by doing that, it it doesn't say, you know what, I'll just sit on my hands and wait for the next one. 
it says, you know what? If I want to get in Star Wars gaming for the next two years or something like that, I need to get into it. I should just get into it now and and get the the most life out of this game because there might not be another one anytime soon. But I, I don't for a second believe that it that it there is no Battlefront three plan or no general loose agenda about what that is or when they're gonna, you know, really activate pre production on it. That just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Well, they did say that uh their next sort of Star Wars game on the books is the one that Respawn Entertainment is working on, which is the company that made like Titanfall 1 and 2. And it was announced, I can't remember exactly, I think it was like that video game panel they did at Celebration Europe in 2016, or it might have been E3 that year. <laughs> it's been a couple of years since they've... uh they first announced that Respawn was working on a Star Wars game. <coughs> and, you know, unfortunately, if everything had gone to plan, we'd be getting that Amy Henning Star Wars game this year. And we all know how that went. It got canned. So it looks like, according to EA, the next big, you know, quote-unquote, AAA Star Wars title that we're getting will be the one from Respawn in their 2020 fiscal year. Which, the way they work is a little weird. That fiscal year is from March of 2019 to April 2020. So, anywhere in that range. I think, personally, we're looking at another, like, November 2019. Like, when a Battlefront 3 would have come out, this is, that's when we'll see this Respawn game. Probably November-ish. You know, winter release 2019. For, for the holiday season sales. <laughs> Right, leading into episode nine, it'll be their big episode nine. Not necessarily a tie-in game, but like, you know, with Force Awakens, we got the original or the the first EA Battlefront. With The Last Jedi, we got Battlefront 2. Episode nine, we get whatever this respawn game is. Sure. Makes sense. I, I, I do think, not that it's cursed to be a two, two uh, installment game, but I think they'll leave it at that. I think when they bring it back again, I think they're kind of retiring it for the moment, which is interesting because, you know, everybody's going to keep this game and to get their Star Wars fix, they're still going to play this game until whatever the next one is comes out. So, I mean, I, that in itself gives Battlefront, I mean, Battlefront 2 a little more longevity, I think, because they're kind of shelving it. But I bet when it comes back, it'll be Battlefront something. I mean, yeah. I don't think it'll be Battlefront 3. Battlefront Oblivion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Battlefront Total Destruction. Battlefront, Battlefront to back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's weird that we're still talking about Battlefront 2 in sort of the fallout a couple of months later. It, mainly, uh, the reason for that is there's such a huge fallout and we're sort of seeing some of the aftermath of that now. I mean, I can't help but be a little excited about the prospect of a different Star Wars video game. I'm still bummed that um, we never got the Amy Henning game, which our buddy Jason here will. I don't know if you knew this. He did quite some fine reporting on that game well before oh, really? Kotaku was like, hey, we got a cool story about fucking Amy Henning's game. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I mean, and they 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 did good. They did a uh, good work, so they I know, did, you know. But but uh, 
Yeah. No, it, it was really, really going to be something special. I, re- I really do do think so. It really was a good story. <laughs> and and the visuals were really compelling. And, uh, I mean, obviously, like, no one was supposed to see that stuff. <laughs> but it really is a shame that it they didn't move forward with it. And that it they, like, shelved it because uh, I think that would have actually made people really, really happy. And uh, and then some another I kind of think in a way the killing of that game sort of not ne- not necessarily with like your average Star Wars fan but with your like average Star Wars journalist if you will um, or and and gaming journalist I think that it killing that game sort of put a, a different slant on the big Battlefront story yeah because, because well the, when you line it all together and they say this sort of like they did that business wording when they canceled the game and talked about retooling it into a games as a service. And, you know, a lot of people's first reaction is, Oh, they couldn't find a way to put microtransactions into this game. So that's why they canceled it. And then a month later or two months later, however long it was battlefront two comes out and has a microtransaction. Like you can almost see how people connected the dots on that. And it makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. And, and and that's where I personally feel bad for for Battlefront the e, and the and the EA situation. But then it's also where I go, well, I guess kind of like there is some truth to to the criticism of your company. Yeah, I mean, I, I was nervous about the EA acquisition of the Star Wars license for this very reason. On one hand, I was like, well, that's a very big studio that will put a lot of money and resources into Star Wars. Unfortunately, their first release was kind of, for all intents and purposes, rushed out the door to make sure they had a game out in time for The Force Awakens. And I mean, and it innovative in the way the weapons work and the cooldown and stuff, but it's basically a Battlefield game. You know, yeah. The Battlefronts are basically, you know... Star Wars shellacked onto a battlefield skeleton. Right. Dad games. Which, honestly, the original Battlefronts were kind of, you know, uh, LucasArts' take on that genre. Because, you know, when Battlefield, like the original Battlefield, Battlefield 1942 and shit came out, it was kind of their take on that genre. It was just right. this time they had the actual developer behind the Battlefield uh, franchise now working on Battlefront. Um, but the danger of that is that it's mostly going to appeal to just battlefield people that like the battlefield games right and well the you know from scratch is what i'm saying it's not when when ea got the license to make star wars games they didn't it's not like they had a sterling reputation then for years now if ea acquires a studio people would start getting nervous like when they bought bioware people started getting really nervous and now Bioware's in a situation where it's kind of been described as like their next game is a make or break game for them. It's that game Anthem that's kind of the Bioware take on the Destiny style games as a service game that they debuted okay. at that at E3. It looks cool. The E3 footage did, but you know, is it a, We haven't heard or seen anything of that since. No, and it got delayed. It actually got delayed this week until uh, spring of 2019. It was going to be out sometime this fall originally, and it got delayed. Um, I kind of wonder if it got delayed because they got word of the uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 release, which got announced for October 26th this year. 
and that game's going to be massive. That, I can't wait. That, that, I can't either. That, that is my favorite game of all time. It was incredible. I I did not. I'm not a cowboy guy. Me neither. Don't care about that stuff. Um, but I, that story, I loved it. And then online, I got onto the online like open, just walking around mode. Right. And I l- probably played it for a, like a year straight. I made friends in that game that are like fr- like real life friends today. It's a w- weird social experience. Uh, I love it. Yeah, and I, I mean, can't wait. It's a lot the of quick fun. draw mode, the dueling <laughs> quick draw kind of. Yeah, that whole shit was awesome. It, oh, and this, they, they added zombie modes, and then they had cards. Right. There yeah. was all kinds of just like right. innovative, fun things. And then the, he, the hunting bounties and hunting, you know, yeah. like tracking down game. And then to I killed, I killed a bear with a knife, man. <laughs> right? So did I. <laughs> to see awesome. the next iteration of that be Grand Theft Auto Five and what they did with its online service, like think of it iterating oh either even even further with. Red Dead Redemption we, 2 and its online service, and it's hard not to get real excited about that game. Yeah, and l- like I can't believe we circled back around to Grand Theft Auto because that's been stuck in my head since Jason said that earlier. Can you imagine the awesomeness of Star Wars kind of Grand Theft Auto-ish? Because, man, I had an apartment. You tell me I could have an apartment on Coruscant or a sweet nature dig on Kashyyyk, and I could have a garage full of speeders and spaceship. Like I had a garage full of cars and motorcycles, and you know I did missions and heists, and I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. Like if I could do that in Star Wars, oh my god, I'd never, I probably would never play another game. Well, that that's I I feel like like Star. Wars, I mean, this is going to be the most unpopular thing I could ever say, I guess, about on this. But I feel like Star Wars as a as gaming is just a history of cowardice. It's a history of of failure and then running from it. You know, more than not. Like uh I don't know if it's Terrace Kasi or Terrace Kasai, however I, you want to say it. However the fuck like, you want to say it. Yeah. Star Wars fighting games, that should be a norm, man. It should. That it's like so you guys made a, a fucking really shitty game. Okay, you guys made tons of shitty games, so you guys never went back to that. And and then like you can look at so many things that just work. Like we were just like gta online dude it, it would it would be huge and like star wars galaxies you know they they did like go back to the mmo with with um the old old republic series but star wars galaxies could have been a, a great game and it never was it, it never became one yeah. but there were so many innovative things like how it dealt with player housing yep and, and you're able to make little cities and communities and stuff like that that was like the start of the way to go. And those ideas were good. It's just that you like, you know, you guys forgot to make a combat system. So you, yeah. so you didn't please all of that eight year old boy in us was all like, well, fuck this, you know? And then that's why half the people walked. But like, I wish they spent more time building on their ideas that worked instead of like running from like everything because the concept failed or because the concept wasn't as successful as it could have been. Right. I mean, like, you know, and like, like when you just like lay out every Star Wars game ever made, there's, there's a couple of really great ones, but most of them are just awful, you know? And, I mean, and it, I and, think uh, if, I think if we sat here, we could come up with yeah. a, a healthy handful of really good ones, but I yeah, think yeah, it would yeah, be, completely. I think it would be outweighed by the bad ones. Yeah. Like, 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 like people like really pine for the days of LucasArts now. And, and, and I would, I wish it was around too. But but it's still like you know LucasArts made 
gave us more, like, took our money more than they gave us games, I think. Oh, I remember like, being so stoked for the Episode 1 game, the Phantom Menace game, because yeah. it, it came out, like, a week before the movie. I got it, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to play the shit out of this, and couldn't get off of the first level on Naboo, and I was like, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. I don't need to play this anymore. But then Pod Racer was fucking awesome. Right. Fan- phenomenal. Yeah, it was, it was com- the greatest game. And, it's and racing. Uh, That's Star yeah. Wars racing. It's that simple. Like, mm, you talk about, give me a, like a Forza Star Wars, land speeders, all land speeders and swoop bikes. Like, hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a Han Solo movie coming out. And racing is involved, and it is. what I understand, there's no racing game coming out for the Han Solo movie, and you're like, why not? Hell, what if you could race starships through a space race, like an okay. outlaw star kind of? I don't know if I've talked race. about this on this this show, or if this is just something like maybe Jesse's had to hear me rant about when I'm bugging her about Star Wars. But how awesome would it be? <laughs> okay, Jason, you played Stardew Valley, right? A very retro style game, graphically. Love it. Right? How awesome yep. it would, would it be if EA, not for a triple A, you know, on disc physical release, but on the PlayStation Network, Steam and the Xbox Store released Super The Force Awakens in the style of those old Super Nintendo games. No, you know? that would be awesome. Like 20 bucks or whatever. Super The Last Jedi, Super Rogue One. They could just do them every year. And for me, I'd be stoked to play them. You would have minimally the graphically sh- involved, minimally programming involved. Like, I mean, you know, two D side scroller compared hey, I, to what they have to do now, minimal, but still more than I could do. No, yeah. I, I have a, I have a four year old at home, and we we play video games together, and and I'm I'm like, where's my where's my sequel trilogy Jedi power battles, man? Right, you or, know what I mean? Like like there's just like little concepts that are that are good, like. I, I I could I could buy five Star Wars games a year if they want to make five in five different genres. I'd be I down. I would be there. Yeah, it would be, it would be great. But um, right now the way it is, where it's like it's like kind of Battlefront. Yep. It's e, it's EA doing what they do, or it's like play some some really shitty cell phone game that you know won't survive long enough. That when iOS whatever comes out, it's just going to be incompatible, <laughs> right? Like eventually, you know uh, what I mean? Uh, like uh, it just funny. tiny tiny Death Star. Like that was a pretty fun game. And that was it, a cool game, a, man. Yeah, it, it wasn't was like tiny a, Death Star. It was like it was a tiny tower. Was that the original one? Oh my god, tiny tower! They had tiny Death Star. I yeah. played the shit out of tiny tower. Oh, oh yeah, my god. god, I can't believe I missed tiny Death Star. It was a good time. It was addictive. Was it, was it, it was awesome. It wasn't per- the, the yeah, Star Wars version wasn't perfect or anything like that, and uh, I, I don't think it even works anymore. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think you could run it anymore. I don't think you can um, either. Yeah, a, a, but it's like uh, you know, I, I I I wish that they were a little bit more uh, uh, courageous, but I guess like without having like an eccentric billionaire running a company like how they used to have, <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're gonna get too many more of those. Like, hey, hey, my. Uh, my uh, son, he likes this weird game. Why don't you make a Star Wars one right now? Super Bombad Racing. <laughs> Bombad Racing. Jeez. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey, hey, I think every time that we that we bring up uh, Pod Racer or Star Wars Racer, we should also bring up Bob Bad Racing because oh, for sure. Yeah. Because Star Wars giveth and Star Wars 
taketh away. Taketh away. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, you know, and I was I was bummed to see Disney Infinity go. Like, I know that was aimed at a much younger audience than I fall into, but I had a good time with it. I thought it was my neat. kids play that every day still. Yeah, it's neat, man. And I love it, man. That's they, one they, where like, I understand. Like, I understand why they got out of that one because when that yeah. game was brand spanking new, the figures were everywhere. I never had a single problem finding a Disney Infinity figure. You know, it wasn't like Amiibo or Skylanders that, you know, there were people like waiting out, you know, it wasn't, it didn't hit the craze that those did. And well, well what I was told was that it, the actual medium is only so big and it doesn't grow. So right. they, they basically did, did the math and realized they could never make as much money or it can never be as, as successful as it was to make it worth it. Uh, like also, they, they would have to, they would have to grow the actual genre somehow, and it, it just didn't make sense. I was about to say, and to that point, that exact point, I feel like they made all their characters. You know, Disney has, you know, it all, all okay. They've got a lot. Okay, they got all the Disney movies. They got all, all the Marvel movies. You know, they got Star Wars. But once you put all those figures out. I mean, then you just are you're waiting to create new characters to yeah, put you know, those out or you're the trying thing, to do different versions of the same character. The thing is, is like they did that yearly. And with as many properties as Disney had, they had no problem coming up with new figures once a year because you got a new Star Wars movie once a year. You got an ass load of Marvel movies, Disney movies, Pixar movies. You know, they never had. Like, you could look at the Star Wars figures they did now and sit down and think of 20 more that they could have done since then. You know, if you take Rogue One into account and you take The Last oh, yeah, Jedi yeah, they, into they, account. Yeah, they, they, they made Rogue One. Um, they had designed the Rogue One line. Yep. And it just never came out. Like, there was a whole another 10 figures we probably could have got from there. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, like they could have done fucking Black Panther and Doctor Strange and et cetera, et cetera. Like the, it, it's not that they would have run out of things to do. I, I don't think they Disney likes to make money, and I don't think they were going to be able to make the kind of money they would want in that venture. And like, like I said, I don't know that there's such thing as a rare Disney Infinity figure that's like super sought after now. Like I think they're all pretty cheap because they didn't sell. You know, st inventory. You could still go into Walmart's and Targets around here, and they're two for five and shit on Disney Infinity figures, just trying to get rid of what, them. What, what, what was like really insulting though was that it like you know there were people who bought those Disney Infinity figures, and you could still go to the store and buy them today. And but when you go and like you put the game in, it's like support is is just not there. They just said we're not doing this anymore. Support's gone by. Yeah, I mean, Wait, you can you, still play you can't the play the game anymore. No, you can't. No, 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 you, you can, you can. But like, like a lot of the services have been like discontinued. Right. And and uh, I I think it's really messed up to have a product in huh. store without there being some kind of promise that like you know you're you're gonna get like like two years out of this or something that, like that. That's just not fair to your loyal customers, the yeah. the base of people that made the collection and bought all these and intended to to spend a good deal of time doing this. And all of a sudden, you just stop those services. Yeah, that yeah, that, that seems that's... like letting down the people that that were loyal to you. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's yeah, anything there's like that... a kid somewhere who like thinks that that they're gonna have this experience and they're not gonna have it. Yeah, and right. like 
anything that has to do with like an internet connection is just gone. So like if you like before you could create your own levels and different game types and upload them and then anybody else that had Disney Infinity could download them and fuck around with them, right? Uh that's all gone. Like all right. that cool stuff. Right. And there was some cool stuff. I found like a game based off of Lost on there, like levels that people had built to look like the island from Lost and all these weird little creative things people had done with the like level maker and stuff and that's all gone which sucks so <clears throat> all right uh well i guess there's nothing big happening in star wars in the next few days so we can probably just no i'm just kidding uh looks like we're finally getting a solo trailer huh looks like uh if you follow old ronnie howard on Twitter, it looks like he confirmed what's been going around on the internet for a couple of weeks now. We're going to get a look at Solo during the Super Bowl. That's what it's looking like. And uh, our buddy Jason here has reported on what he's heard himself, which is basically like a look at the Super... Like a, a quick, tiny teaser during the Super Bowl, right? With a longer one to follow next week. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it it should be on on GMA. Um, cool. So I I I believe it'll be like su Sunday will be the the Super Bowl version, and I think that'll be a shorter one, and then the the full one on GMA. So, let me ask you if you find a certain um, argument about Solo as funny as I find it, Jason. I've talked about a little bit of this okay. with Will. There's an argument going around with some of the Star Wars crazies online that basically Lucasfilm and Disney are trying to bury Solo because it's so bad and it's it's so horrible. They know it's going to bomb, that they're not marketing it yet. They're not spending because they don't want to spend money on it. I even saw one dude say, obviously, they spent their entire marketing budget on the reshoots with Ron Howard. And that's why we haven't gotten a trailer yet. How funny is it that... People are trying to spin, because they just want to talk shit on Star Wars, they're trying to spin the fact that there hasn't been a trailer trailer yet into this idea or this narrative that somehow this movie's bad before any of us have seen anything from it. And despite the fact that they're spending a minimum $5 million on a Super Bowl ad, uh, who knows how much those reshoots cost. They're getting John Williams to come back and compose the main theme like to me, there's more stuff to points in their in its favor than it's not so. I mean, there's a big one, the whole director change up. Yeah. yeah, that's that sucks. That's crazy. Hopefully, Star Wars calms down and doesn't do that shit for a little while. I I I think that if people are who are making those arguments are morons. I think that it's Lucasfilm. As much as they they can frustrate me at times, they said this isn't going right. We're going to change direction, and we're basically going to pay to remake this movie. Right. Not 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 from start to you know finish, but but when you and I'm not going to say a number because of some dirty stuff that happened with Rogue One. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. But it's basically re being being remade. Okay. Like Ron Howard, there's not a lot he didn't retouch from, from everything that it has been said. Right, and that shows 
a massive level of integrity from from Lucasfilm to say, you know what? We want to we want to do it right. We want to do it justice, and we don't want to throw it away. And there was this bonehead argument in Forbes. Oh, and, oh I um, forgot about the Forbes. People thing. said. People said it's not a real it's not a real article, you guys. Uh, he writes he it says that if the he's the contributor and the contributors at Forbes, uh, uh they uh it's not the same. And I'm like, no, no, it's exactly the same. If Forbes is going to take the ad revenue, publish it, promote it, and say it on their website, it's Forbes. Okay, it doesn't just because the editorial because it has no editorial doesn't mean anything, you know? Right. Um. But but yeah, this Forbes article, which is coming out, saying that it like they basically hope it fails because they want Lucasfilm to know that it pe- they don't want this disimpassioned, just like stupid idea. But I, I'm like, what's what stupid idea? I'm like, Han Solo's the outlier for starters. Right. There's been uh, uh, seven and eight, which work the continuing the uh, story. Rogue One, which is an original concept. Orion Johnson trilogy, which is an original concept. The only thing that has been a character piece has been the Han Solo one and the uh, <clears throat> uh, stalled out Boba Fett movie that was never even officially announced. Yeah. So right now, there's like one movie that is like a character piece that they've even tried to like do. So, and then and then to go and then to, to like say that if they know it's a failure and all this stuff, it's like, this is the easy one, I think. I, I know that it, it, it needed course correction, but a Han Solo movie, to me, on paper, sounds like the easiest of any of the Star Wars movies that, it, that it, they've done in terms of, like, we know who Han Solo is, we know what he is, we know what we want from it, we know what we expect from it, and we know what general audiences need from it. It's not that hard. It, it, it's, it's, I think this is, this is the one that it should be just good by default and and easy like when they it, first announced to me it's such a no- you go ahead buddy i was just gonna, to me it's such a no brainer that such wealthy corporations like lucasfilm owned by disney it, dude if if they even got the slightest whiff of something that they didn't like you know it fuck you know screw everything else i will pay money to fix it like I cannot see a problem that Disney would not throw money at to fix. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean they've got it like that. And, oh, oh, my, my Han Solo movie isn't going the way I want? Well, uh, it looks like I just got to reshoot a movie, and I can do that because I'm Disney and I can pay for it. I'm going to make sure I make my money back off of this franchise. This going to be good. I, I need to, you know, I didn't buy this franchise to lose money on movies that I wasn't vested in. Yeah, and, and they didn't buy the franchise to ruin it. Right. No. it's and like so far the, the the movies are performing really really well even last jedi which is getting this like weird rap that it, i don't think it i think it's unfair um, but hurt purists i think i think it's yeah and 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 it, it, pure bullshit is what they are they're they're purists of something in their fucking brain that doesn't exist right like you know what i mean it, it's all created mythology in their head and because it doesn't necessarily jive with that for you this shit sucks like, no that's not you don't like it you don't like the direction it's going i hate that for you i hope you can hold on to those positive memories but that's not how it is bro yeah you know i i don't think you can go forward and play in this like landfill of nostalgia if things are sacred right 
You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's if things are sacred, then they can't be touched. Your sandbox and, has got to grow. Yeah, yeah. And if things can be touched, nothing's sacred anymore. And it, it needs to and, and I think the Han Solo movie though is going is going to have that same Last Jedi problem to an extent because Han's gonna do something that people say Han Solo wouldn't do. Oh, and it's gonna be irrational sure. and unfair. Yeah, I mean when they Most first likely. announced uh after the sell to Disney that they were not only going to be doing a new trilogy, but spinoff movies. Like my mind immediately went to, Oh, I'm going to get a Boba Fett movie. Wah, wah, wah. And I bet you they do a young Han Solo movie. It made sense to me. Like, you know, and if, if they went the right route with the casting of younger Han Solo, to me, that's the biggest hurdle they have to get over. Like, I think people, for the most yeah. part, are pretty enamored with the idea of Donald Glover as Lando, you know? That dude had a lot of, like, yeah. fan, Hell yeah. like, pop culture fan adoration before he got cast. So, he's in, you know, uh, if they get Han right, or reasonably right, then I think they've cleared their biggest hurdle with that. Then it's just up to them to give me a, a cool, Whoa. fun Han Solo story. I mean, these are the same people, though, that probably like on the side are are on forums talking about how they should make more Firefly, but right. they shouldn't make Han Solo, right? Where <laughs> you know it's what I mean? like, yeah, you, you, you shut know, the front door. <laughs> no, no, you, you you will you will see that. I mean, I I I know people personally on the internet that are like these huge Firefly fan Firefly fans who don't want a Han Solo movie. And I'm like, cool, so you guys don't want Coke. You guys want Shasta. You're idiots. <laughs> You're idiots. <laughs> you, prefer the, you prefer the Sam's Club Cola? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. What's that Sam's Club brand? Uh, Great value. Like, that's on everything. Yeah, they want that version of Han Solo. And yeah. it's like, no, man, they're, they're, they're trying to give you real Han Solo. It, I, I mean, I mean, the the movie might be terrible. Who knows? But but right now, because they haven't seen it, their default is that it's terrible. Like it, it shows, I think, sort of a glasses half empty perspective that is shit, and and needs to like should change. Like people should be championing like the ability for artists to make good things instead of assuming that everything is going to be bad, and. If you liked The Last Jedi, or if you liked Force Awakens, I should. I, I think if you like Force Awakens, you're probably gonna like the Han Solo movie. I got a feeling yeah. that this is gonna be more of a Force Awakens type film than uh, a Last Jedi. I mean, I Lawrence don't think it's gonna like, rethink. <laughs> like Lawrence, yeah, and, and Ron Howard, man. I mean, it's like it's not like like Ron Howard is like that guy's a a big popcorn director, and he worked with George Lucas on Willow. It calls Willow like his master's class in filmmaking. Yeah. I, I I can't imagine that Ron Howard's like making this movie, not thinking back to to his conversations with Lucas at times. I just can't like fathom that it that's Lucas isn't a, a little imaginary figure in his head, you know. And who yeah. knows? He might even have access to Lucas. He might be calling Lucas, going, "Hey, right. what do you think?" <laughs> yeah. And and this story was 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 kicked off under Lucas. The story was most likely completely inspired by Lucas's work for Star Wars Underworld and the Han Solo Lando adventures that were going to be in there. Yeah, because sort of the behind the things scenes way, like at the origin of this, from what I understand, is like 
as JJ was it was working with Michael Arndt on the earliest stages of the Force Awakens script, right? He, well, Michael Arndt was there before JJ, but they had this uh, Lawrence Kasdan and his son working on Han Solo, and that's why they brought him in to help JJ write the Force Awakens after Arndt left. He was already there working on Han Solo, and he was like. Yep. Because uh, that's what they originally brought him in for, and then they brought him in to help with the Force Awakens. If I'm not mistaken, right? No, that 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 sounds right. It sounds like that they were prepping the the two character films of Boba and Solo and Episode Seven all at the same time. It sounds like the the Han Solo film was the first script actually done too. Right, uh, because of the you know aren't aren't leaving and then JJ writing with Kasdan and all that kind of stuff. Like it sounds like the the so my my point being is that it the solo script by the time it got to a shooting place was was very sounds like it was very very like toned very firm and real real worked out. All the problems were completely like like you know worked out and stuff like that. And then it sounds like those those uh, Lego dudes. Uh, Chris Miller, Phil Lord came in and were like, "Hey, let's experiment." And they were like, "No, no, 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 no. We already got this worked out. We know exactly right. what we want." And and they were like, "Yeah, but we want to make this movie, you know, fun and kind of funny. And uh, we don't think that you know you could stick to a script in that way and still have you know spontaneous on set creation, you know." And 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 they were like, "No." And it went two different ways. And then they they fired those guys and then brought in Rod How- Ron Howard who's like yeah I'm going to I'm going to make the script. <laughs> yeah, so with the whole behind the scenes timeline. Correct me if I'm wrong. We got Rogue One announced, right? Gareth Edwards and stuff. Then they announced in the same sort of round Josh Trank for a movie, right? And Yes. We know what happened to Trank. He shit the bed or the studio floor or whatever. Whatever happened to Trank, we don't know. Or- <laughs> or he pissed the bed, or his dogs did it. Either way, there was shit, there was piss, and destruction. <laughs> and the dude may may not have been able to handle his high. Who knows? Something happened. Josh Trank's movie gets canceled, which in you know the preceding years has kind of been come to understand, uh, be understood as probably the Boba Fett movie, right? So do you think the original plan was... I, I am... I, I'm, I'm very... I'm convinced it's the Boba Fett movie and I I've all but got it like really confirmed that it was the Boba Fett movie. Like I, you could say safe bet. Very, 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 very safe bet. It was the Boba Fett film. Right. And, and you know, in Steele's one of Steele's interviews with Anthony Bresnikan, Anthony Bresnikan sort of dropped the knowledge that at that first future filmmakers panel where you guys got the uh, original rogue one trailer, that was just the tie fighter with Obi-Wan's, sort of monologue behind it yep. that they were planning yep. that yep. there was a Boba Fett teaser that was going to play that they pulled at the last minute because of the Trank stuff. So do you think that the original plan was Rogue One, Boba Fett, and then Han Solo? And if so, do you think, like obviously Han Solo got moved up because of the Boba Fett shenanigans, but do you think they were putting it third to put some more space in between Hans, uh, Harrison Ford's last portrayal as Han Solo and entering introducing some new guy as Han Solo, or do you think that's just sort of how it shook out? Yeah, I I totally think so. Yeah, that's just yeah. A, a really popular theory that I've heard expressed a lot of times was 
they were going to kill Han Solo and then they were going to sort of atone for it by doing the, the Han film. But I, I never bought into that theory because I think the Boba film was supposed to be next. I think the Boba film right. was supposed to be the, the uh, uh, spinoff that came after Rogue One. Damn it. So, uh, do you think that, you know, Bo- do you think they're, uh, obviously if you know something, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to get you to break news or anything, but do you yeah, think yeah, there's no, any possibility that that Boba Fett film ever happens? Or do you think they're moving on? Do you think it's more likely we get an Obi-Wan or do you think it's more likely that they go in the direction of, uh, you know, a more rogue one like type approach. That's a more original concept, not necessarily a character focused movie, like a single character uh, pre-established focus. Yeah. Well, what, I, I think that it like I think the actual question that needs to be asked or to have answered in order to answer that is how are these Ryan Johnson spinoff or uh, this new trilogy that Ryan Johnson's doing is that going to be taking up slots for the spinoff films or is that taking up slots for, for what would be like you know 10 11 12 that's what I assumed is that it would basically be, so, uh, if you know, just working off a general timeline, we get Han Solo this year, Episode Nine next year, some sort of spinoff in 2020, and then earliest for the first Ryan Johnson movie of this new trilogy, 2021, in the place of what would normally be Episode Ten with the current you know right. sort of spacing that they've they've done, and you know, 2021 gives Ryan Johnson. Because he's not just writing one movie this time. He's sort of trying to outline the idea for a trilogy and write the first part. At least that's what they've announced him for so far, you know. Um, that's what I assumed, is that it would sort of be taking the place of the saga films. And then we would still get spinoffs every other year in between those. Do you think it's at all... I was talking about this on Rogue One this week. Do you think it's possible that they take 2020 off from Star Wars because of the planned Indiana Jones 5 coming out that year? I hope not. I would love an Indiana Jones and a Star Wars in the same year, but I don't know if... Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think that it... Um, in, that, in that instance, I don't think Indiana Jones competes with Star Wars. Right. Like I like I I mean you would almost not that this is the case, but like Guardians of the Galaxy is more cannibalistic to Star Wars than Indiana Jones, right? You know, right. And, and and so, and then that one's going to be a Spielberg movie. It's basically going to be you know have the Lucasfilm logo on it, but it's it's really going to be carried out by by Spielberg, right? Right. Um, and, and I bet you it'll be primarily produced by Frank Marshall. So I I would have to think that it it should I don't think that should be an I don't think it'll be an issue. Ugh. I I think I think it's I think it's just two separate things. One of my you know and, and <laughs> this is Lucasfilm a... has several movies in production right now. They could handle an Indiana Jones movie and another Star Wars movie. I would think so because if you look at how like some of it overlaps, like reshoots for Rogue One are going on at the same time as production of Episode Eight, and you know things mm-hmm. like that uh, i'm sure some episode eight well i don't know ryan got that movie in quick like it seemed like he had an like a fairly easy painless job getting episode eight done like you we never heard any of the big there was no big controversy from the making of that one one of the few no, maybe the only one of the new ones that hasn't had some sort of big story about some sort of trouble in the project project 
production, if you consider like Michael Arndt leaving, that's a tiny one in the scope of things. But Han yeah. so, uh, Harrison Ford getting injured, that's a big one for The Force Awakens. And then, you know, the obvious stuff with Rogue One and in the Han Solo movie. Yeah, that 40% that, that if they totally didn't refilm. <laughs> right. On, on Rogue One and, and that... And and then the solo movie is pretty much been redone, you know. Like right. they kind of went back to the drawing. And, and I I think I think like on the solo movie though, like you got to be careful because I bet you there's like visual effect sequences and stuff that was completely CGI and stuff that probably didn't get redone. You know what I mean? And it just kept going forward at ILM, but like the principal photography, pretty much been reshot. Yeah, and <laughs> you know and. And, and, and like right, but Ryan Ryan Johnson knew what he wanted, went out and got it, and and it sounds like no one really um, had any problems with with his choices. Right. So, so so yeah, that that was the one that for, oddly enough was the one that it seems to have had like the, the least amount of turmoil behind the scenes, and the one that it people are the most critical of. But I, I also kind of think that it like Star Wars films are going to start getting they're, they're going to start getting more critical of them. Because it's not like like it's taken it for granted already, and right. it's going to be edgier to not like that stuff, you know? Because you you have all of these fucking dudes who get into like writing about film because like they, they want to fucking write about French films and stuff and be pretentious, and then in reality, like to make their their like living, like that one pussy grabber, he's like, oh, I'm just reporting on Star Wars to keep the lights on. Oh. Well, fuck you, man. Don't fucking report. Go re- go report on two different things. Work harder, and don't cover this thing that you think is shit. Right. You know. But but that's well. Not, and also, are, if, but internet <laughs> journalists are lazy. If you're so uh, forthright in your uh, convictions about being a real film connoisseur, don't also show up on the Star Wars celebration live feed breaking down the first trailer for the Force Awakens. We're talking right. about the same fucking Devin Faraci pussy grabber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's on a PBS documentary going, I was suicidal after people said I sexually assaulted someone. Wait, that's well, true? Well, fuck you, man. And you don't... Sir- yeah, yeah, I saw it today. It's going to be on PBS. And, and like, you, I, I've seen some, like, sympathy for him. And I'm like, no, fuck that guy. He doesn't deserve to be in the public limelight or or whatever you want to call it. Limelight's such a stupid word. Right. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't fucking deserve to be a public figure anymore because he's a piece of shit and you send the wrong message and on top of that like the guy was a piece of shit before he was a sexual fucking predator yeah. like and, and it doesn't like when you have somebody like that that's just mean mean spirit and horrible all around what you think he's gonna somehow respect vaginas too <laughs> like no he's gonna be a monster because he is a monster he's an asshole yeah uh... and um and, and these people it's such a pleasure to be able to cover right about superheroes and spacemen fighting with space swords like it, it, it is arrested development and it's beautiful and it's great and you get to, I was about to talk about dream jobs of my teenage years yeah yeah and and like like so so these these people that you know want to write you know about film with the capital f i have a capital f for them but they want to write about film you know for for that that in that kind of way and it's like uh you know maybe you should should just be happy that you're like we're, you're living like the best, most fun thing ever. Yeah, man. I know? totally agree. I think there's this attitude in our culture today where it's just cool. It, you're the cool guy if you don't like something. 
you know, and the internet reinforces this, unfortunately, I think, but like, oh, that whole Scott Pilgrim thing of their first album was better than their first album. Like, they, <laughs> things were good. Things were good before they sold out. You know, Star Wars is sold out. You know, like, I don't like it anymore. It's lost its heart. You know, it, it, that whole attitude that it's the cool, it's you're the cool guy if you shit on everything. Yeah. And, and I, I think Star Wars has just unfortunately become the target of that. And I think that's toxic in our culture. And hopefully it passes. But to, to have to be the cool guy that shits on everything that everybody likes, I think that's part of why we're seeing the reaction we are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like, uh, um, you know, I don't talk about this stuff like too much because I don't I don't want to be overly pretentious like wearing sunglasses inside. Um, <laughs> but 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 it's like I like my my favorite filmmaker is Alejandro Hodorowski. and I have a whole completely different. I am more into to art than I am into popcorn movies. I'm not known for that. I'm known for being a Star Wars guy, you know. Right. And and that's f- completely fucking fine because I could have my cake and eat it too. You can. I, I I could go watch Star Wars, and then I could go watch you know some David Lynch inspired bullshit by myself that I find personal and like it. But right. at the end of the at the end of the day, that my four year old son and my my two year old daughter watching Star Wars all day is going to be what ends up leading them to Alejandro Hodorowsky in some way and wanting a deeper film experience and going, wow, like, you know, Star Wars really tests those limits, but where, how far can it go? What right. can you do? And, and it, without that film, it would just be dead. It would be dead on, on a, on a big scale. And I think that it, when you do have these healthy kind of, uh, I guess it gets a little bit mo- monopolistic with Disney owning everything, but, you do get more a healthier indie film scene when you do have something to be the alternative to. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if everything if 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 everything is is a 1970s style filmmaking, you know, you don't really have anywhere else to go. It just there is that. I think right now we have a multi-dimensional kind of thing where you, you can go see a popcorn movie. But thanks to digital distribution, you can see all kinds of indie movies constantly, and there's short films going up on on YouTube every freaking moment, right. like or, or or you know whatever platform you, you like. Um, and and so I, I I don't understand that that attitude where people are against the artists, like that Forbes article. Now I get it. Forbes is like a shitty financial fucking douchebag. Art sort is of not medium. their specialty. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are those are guys that it you know just are just pieces of shit um that said you completely like like i don't get that it, you would be on, on the side of the artist like i want the han solo movie to be good and right. i'm gonna hope that it's good until i see something that tells me it's not <laughs> and right now like we haven't officially seen anything and and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a dick and not elaborate but i've seen things from the han solo movie and it looks good <laughs> like, I, I believe in the movie. I, I do. I, I really truly believe that if the movie is going to be good and it's going to going to satisfy Star Wars fans, and I also think that it's going to satisfy your your like my dad, the, the the person that goes and sees Guardians of the Galaxy and then like literally just checks out and never thinks of it again. I think yeah. it's going to satisfy all all of those like people, but for some reason it's like okay, it's it's almost like a weird kind of situation where. You're not giving us a trailer to write about. You're not giving us footage to write about and talk about. 
So we're going to beat your ass until you do. <laughs> That's unfortunate. That's so unfortunate. It's it's like it's like yeah, it's like it's like almost like a weird like ransom kind of situation. It's like, toxic, you know. man. Yeah, it's really terrible. Like be be on the side of 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 artists and, and art and be enthusiastic about it. And if you're right. not, then, then just like go become an accountant or something at Forbes or whatever. The, it, <laughs> the, the television replaced the campfire. Like this is, it tells us our stories. You know, we don't have to sit around the campfire and tell stories anymore. Like television and entertainment, you know, radio did it. Then television did it. it. It's and don't hate on our stories. Like, like you said, like these are the stories that lead children and young adults to the appreciation of finer cinematic art. You know, I love foreign yeah. films. I like Japanese samurai movies. You know, I like I like that shit. I don't mind reading subtitles. There's some really good Scandinavian, you know, cinema out there and it's awesome. Indian movies, like to appreciate cinema in the in the ever-growing world that we live in. Like these are the stories that introduce young people to to caring about characters and storylines and what happens next and it's fascinating to think about. It stimulates creativity and imagination. So there's no reason to shit on it. And, and can, can you imagine like so so you Haas and I are around the campfire and uh, old Chief Ron Howard shows up and he's t- telling us the uh, Star Wars story, you know? Smoking the We're peace like, wow, pipe. this is great. Can you imagine like the, uh, yeah, imagine, but imagine the uh, next day that that guy, he's like, oh God, the story Chief Howard is going to tell us tonight's going to be shit. We, we, would, we would fucking take him out in the corner and we'd beat him with rocks. Like, hey, you <laughs> shut the fuck up. But That's cause Chief Howard. The, yeah, because of the internet, we don't get, the, we don't get, the, we don't get the stone people. We need to go back to being able to stone people. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Pop across the mouth. All I know is when we first started talking about doing a podcast, Will was an- adamant that we needed to do a podcast solely on the movie Brown Bunny. And I was like, buddy, I don't know how much I can fucking uh-huh. contribute to that. Like, yeah, the blowjob scene was real. Move no, along. No. <laughs> um. So you guys want to do some emails or voice messages or something and wrap it up? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Of course, totally. Well, there's one way we do that, and we kick it off with a little musical performance from our buddy Steve Addy Mundy and his beautiful ass song. You know the song? We've been doing this song for over a year now, and it just never gets old. God damn, I love this. G-R-D. Kia D, Kia D, Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D, Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D, Cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D, Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Luhurt! Cockhead! Harsberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right, so our first voicemail of the evening is 
It, well, it's from no, none other than Steve Adi himself, our buddy that you just heard. His uh, musical stylings. Uh, let's hear what he has to say. Pause it, Will! Steve Adi here! Hell with the Super Bowl! Hell with the Olympics! Where's my hand solo trailer? I need the footage! Help! Wow. Wow. Buddy's going <laughs> to give himself a heart attack. Did you guys hear that one okay? That's one angry Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, buddy, it looks like we're going to have footage. Like, the day this drops, the next day, you got yourself some footage. And I hope your blood pressure is rewarded for I hope he's okay, man. (laughs) Sounded like he almost had an aneurysm. He blew a gasket. Next up, we got a voicemail from uh, a buddy that uh, Jason should be pretty familiar with. It's our buddy, King of All Toms, Tom Chansky, the king, the king of all Toms. All right, give him a chance, key guys. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> hey there, Hawson Will. King Tom. I had something I wanted to talk about, but first I wanted to kind of add to something you guys were talking about last week when uh, you were responding to Kelso's email about Forced Ghosts and Ray. One that I don't think you mentioned, because um, you were talking about what Forced Ghosts, I believe, could interact with Ray, Obi-Wan. And I'm not, I am not in the, oh, she's Obi-Wan's granddaughter camp. But Obi-Wan did speak to her in that Force vision when they mixed Alec Guinness's and Ewan McGregor's voices. And I don't know if there's like a tie there between the two of them or if that, but that's something that maybe they can explore if it was just supposed to be a random voice that we as the audience knew. But I think that's one more to, you know, add to the list of people he can, she can interact with. But the, the real thing that I'm thinking about is Yoda. As I've said before, I absolutely loved the Yoda scene in The Last Jedi. I think it was Yoda done right. Frank Oz's voice and the look and what Yoda did. It just, I love that scene. That scene was like a big-ass, warm, comfortable blanket I could just wrap myself in and feel like at home in Star Wars. But one thing that struck me about that scene... Compared to Yoda of the original trilogy, when Yoda is dealing with Luke, first, he doesn't want to train Luke. He has no faith in Luke. And then later on, when Luke is ready to go off and face Vader, he's like, no, you don't have enough training. Only a fully trained Jedi with the Force as his ally will be able to defeat Vader. So then Luke goes off, and then in Return of the Jedi... You know, Luke says, oh, I'm a Jedi, and Yoda kind of laughs at him and says, no, you will not be a Jedi until you face Vader. This is a Yoda who has trained Luke, who knows Luke intimately, but he has no faith in the kid. And I just think that's so interesting when you compare it to what he says about Rey in The Last Jedi. Rey barely had two lessons from Luke, and maybe he told her more than what we saw in the movie. But she never learned, you know, hate, anger, aggression, and fear lead to the dark side. She never, Luke never even really told her, stay away from the dark side. You know, she didn't have to levitate an X-Wing or stand on her head or anything. She, she had one duel with Kylo before coming to the island. So, but think about what, what Yoda says about Rey when he's talking with Luke. First, he says, that girl has everything she needs to know. Kind of as an aside, does he know she has the books or not? But he says she knows everything she needs to know. And then not only that, 
But when, you know, they're talking about her again and he brings up Ray and he says, she needs to have, we need to have her back. She needs us in her corner. That is, that confidence is so much different than the way he treats Luke. And I, and I just, I, I am like fascinated by this idea. I can't hear it Maybe now. He yeah, did we lose it? Uh, so yeah, it looks like something on, it might have been on my end, sort of messed with the end of King Tom's message there. But I think we heard enough to sort of talk about it. Sorry about that, Tom, buddy. That sucks. Um, what do you think? Jason. <laughs> Buddy, Jason, what do you think uh, about what old Tom had to say? Yeah, well, I, I, I think that Yoda isn't saying like Ray is, is completely a formed Jedi who's just good to go, man. I think he's saying she already stole the books. She already put the books on the Falcon so, like, all of the knowledge that she needs is in those books. And while they're not page turners, she gets to read them. And um, I think it plays into a bigger idea on Ray's character, at least to me. And that's that Ray was always looking for mommy and daddy to take care of her. She's like, mom and dad are going to come back. Then I'm going to be fine. Han Solo is going to be my dad. I'm going to be fine. Oh, now it's going to be okay. fine. He's dead. It's going to be Luke. And like, you know, Kylo has that conversation with her where he's like, you're always looking for somebody to be your daddy, basically, or your mommy. Right. And um, um, Ray now has all of the knowledge in those books. So now it's up to Ray to go read it. And Ray only has to depend on herself sort of as a scholar in a way. Now she has to go and and get that wisdom on her own. No one's going to give it to her. No one's going to put it there in front of her. No one is going to, you know, basically she's like a, a poor kid who's not getting sent to um, Harvard, you know, she doesn't get to go there and, and get that, get her handheld. She's going to, instead she's getting a, a really, really good library card and she's <laughs> going to be able to get all of that knowledge that she wants to work her ass off. Right. And, and, and that's, that's what I think Yoda w- was like getting at. And, and I think that it, I, I think that what's cool about it though, is I think it sets up a bigger story in the long run where Ray is going to be Ray is going to be Luke Skywalker and in, in, in essence she doesn't have everything that she needs to to make a, a good Jedi order to make the best Jedi order that can be she just, she's only going to have the ability and the means to start one you know and right. and it means that you're going to have people who 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 Kylo ran it up in the future thanks to her but you're also probably going to end up with like 25 people that are like Ray and so for every Kylo there's going to be a bunch of Rays and and I, I think that it that's going to be a good storytelling sort of uh, um, platform, in the sense that it, like like you can't blame Ray for not being like like people right now are struggling with blaming Luke. And I remember I remember the, the first time I saw Last Jedi when Luke went to kill fucking uh, Kylo Ren. I was like, God damn it, you piece of shit. I didn't hate the movie though. I was like, damn, that's badass. But, but I was like, fuck, man. Like, like the, the movie started going on. I was like, can can they pause the movie? Because I just need to fucking comprehend this for a second. Oh, I like, was, that was so how I confused felt in that, in after that first the first viewing. One. Yeah, yeah. There's so much going on in that first viewing. Like, my first reaction afterwards was not in a bad way. I I was like, I don't know what the fuck I just saw, and I didn't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, yeah, so much was going on, and like. So much unexpected. Yeah, no, it was like, stuff. it was like, uh, I mean, it, it was great because it was just a movie. 
It's just a movie. It, it's not anything that happened. But like when I saw that movie, I felt like uh, like something historical just went down. We just went into war or uh, a, a president died or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like right. I felt like a historical thing had happened, but it's just a movie. It's fake. Right. And, and that, I think, is, is a testament to me about why that movie is fantastic. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think you're definitely on the wrong, or not wrong, right track with the whole Ray thing. I also think they might be trying to do something a little weird or, or sort of a new, not weird, but a new sort of take on the Star Wars Chosen one with her. And, and like, I think you get a hint of that when Snoke says, like, you know, powerful light to meet, uh, you know, basically saying, I knew someone would rise up to face uh Kylo Ren I thought it would be Luke Skywalker but it turned out to be you and like I think it's just you know she's basically this generation's chosen one without the fucking prophecy and stuff the prophecy for all we know two pages later said oh and by the way like yo the Sith are gonna die but there's gonna be evil that returns the galaxy and there'll be another chosen one and it's not gonna be a virgin of the force or whatever the fuck right so <clears throat> I think um, I, that coupled with, like, I just don't see any way the next movie takes place the next day like they did with the, I, I almost don't see a way you write the movie that takes the place the next day in this case. I think you have to do some sort of time jump, not just because of that, but because of Carrie Fisher and like, you're, how many good guy characters? You don't have a resistance or a rebellion. You've got a, like 15 people on the Falcon. I would think they need time to rebuild that too. Right. You know? And I'm I'm here to say like yeah they're going to be doing this uh, Ryan Johnson spinoff trilogy or whatever. The story of Ray I guarantee doesn't end with Episode Nine. If they can get Daisy Ridley back, I guarantee you we see her again after this it's just a mat it's a matter of when not if in my opinion um but yeah I, I i'm a big fan of the yoda scene myself and become a bigger fan every time i see it like i liked it at first liked it more the next time um yeah i don't know man i i just like it what do you think will I think it's great. I mean, the first part, I don't think Ray needs to force ghost anybody but Luke and maybe Yoda, but she doesn't know Yoda. Like Luke, yeah, Luke's pretty much the only force ghost for Ray. But yeah, um, as far as the other part goes, yeah, I, I agree don't, with you. I don't know. I don't know how much of the the weird sort of hidden messages in that flashback scene are going to be really all that relevant in the end. You know, I think a lot of it is it could just boil down to cool little audio cameos. Because, like, if you really dig into the layers of that, like, you hear Palpatine saying, like, the not from a Jedi line from Revenge of the Sith. And, of course, they had Ewan come back and record these are your first steps and stuff. But I don't necessarily know. And King Tom even said that it's not necessarily the case that, like, Obi-Wan has some sort of connection to Rey. Like, what do you think about that, Jason? Like, if we were going to see, like, say, the return of an Obi-Wan Force Ghost or an Anakin Force Ghost, the opportunity kind of passed with eight. 
because it would have would it have the same impact of uh, them showing up to talk to Ray? I don't really think so because she hasn't had any interactions with those characters. Now, Anakin appearing to Kylo that could be pretty sick, though. I think. Yeah, that that would be cool. I I've always kind of thought since we saw what happened with their mind connection in the uh, movie. I always thought that when uh, Darth Vader was talking to him with that mask, that uh, is probably Snoke messing with his head now. Oh, yeah. I thought I, when I watched Force Awakens the other, other day. Yeah, I think so, too. When he says, show me again, show me the dark side again or whatever. Like, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. I don't ever think he actually, you know, I think that was all Snoke's doing. He's made, like, they reiterated it even further in the last Jedi to me that he has some kind of weird mental power that he can like he like he says he bridged Kylo and Ray's mind and I know a lot of people are like I don't think that's true I think he's making that up but I believe it I think he did do that he did that to manipulate Ray and try to bring her to him um it didn't turn out the way he wanted but I think that was his intention and I, I agree with you I think he did was manipulating Kylo by make maybe making him see some sort of false vision of Anakin or Vader or something. So having the real Anakin show yeah. up and sort of give uh, <coughs> give Kylo the business, I think that could be pretty cool. But I don't know the likelihood of that happening. All right, so <coughs> let's do <coughs> two quick emails and then we'll call it a night. <coughs> Um, first up we got our buddy Emily Lind from the Canto Bite Dispatch she says greeting gentlemen I have a book related question for you guys if you could pick any Star Wars character or event at all legends or current to be the focus of a novel in the new canon who would you pick forget what is likely or what would sell what is your dream book personally I would kill for a whole biography of Mon Mothma I know we've gotten pieces of her story in other books, but I feel like she is an overlooked character. I would love a really in-depth study of her disillusionment with the Senate, the risks she took in becoming a traitor, the personal losses she must have faced at doing so, and her rise to becoming the guiding voice in the Rebellion. I know it won't happen, but a girl can dream. So what would you most like to read about? Love the show, Emily. What about you, Will? What's your, uh, what's your dream Star Wars book to read? I... I think uh, could, it, I got it's a toss up between two, an either a Darth Revan book, or a um, an Exar Kun book. The both of those characters fascinated me. Yeah, I um, I wonder how much of that era of Star Wars, like you know her her. Um, well, she said legends and everything on the table, right? So and I it just, doesn't matter, like she, whatever is is fair game, like her. Uh, she said everything was fair game. So obviously that's a great answer, but just from the like practical side of things, I think that era might be off limits oh, f in case they yeah, want to do something with it, with a the dash Rendar book would be cool. I know they did shadows of the empire, but like a, a whole dash Rendar. I can't, would be cool. I can't, um, like, I don't ever think they're going to be like, all right, guys coming this summer, Knights of the old Republic meaning like an adaptation or a, a reworking of that story. I just mean the general area era of that far back in Star Wars history. I have a feeling they're not touching right now in case they want to do something with it in the future. 
Because um, those were popular. Like, I love those Tales of the Jedi books. I like those more than Knights of the Old Republic, and I liked it pretty well, to be honest. So, uh, for me, I want a Kia D book. I would read the fuck. I would buy so many copies, I could make furniture out of it. As long as he's got his sister wives in there, I think that shit's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the other one that I would be really interested to read is uh, a Tar Vizla, uh, story about Tar Vizla that they sort of, you know, talked about briefly in Rebels. He was the first Mandalorian Jedi. He's the guy that created the dark saber. Blah 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 blah. That's right up my alley. A fucking Mandalorian with a. Uh, lightsaber like I haven't looked at millions of those images on fucking deviant art come on now I'd read the shit out of that what about you uh, Jason what would be your ideal Star Wars book Um, I, I think it would be cool if they made like a series of like James Bond books with the master code oh that would be cool oh you yeah you know what I mean like that, that guy's secret adventures. his costume in uh, Canto Bite reminds me so much of Indiana Jones at the beginning of Temple of Doom. I do. I do. Yeah, I do. that w- that would be like that would be like the episode where he does Moss. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it'd be, nice. It would it, it, be good. It would be good. I, I I would I would like it because I mean like you could totally be like a book in a book series like that. You could be completely eccentric but still do space opera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like James Bond space opera. I mean, like, how could that go wrong? I mean, that would a be casino so casino royale on Canto Bite. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like all, and and I mean, even taking him out of there and just putting him into the rest of the galaxy with that attitude and yeah. and like that coolness, but like pulling it off, you know, like in in the the movie, you know, he's a little bit of a he's a little cartoony because he just has that one sh- little sequence, you know, where he's right. like, hell yeah, lovey kind of stuff. But I mean, imagine that like as a full fleshed out character where he's performing at that level, like in Java's palace and stuff, it'd be, be great. I, I, I would, I'd read the hell out of it. I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, so, all right. So let's see what we got next. Okay. All right. So we don't want to take up too much of our buddy Jason's time here. And we're having a little bit of technical issues on my end off and on here. So, think that'll about do it for us this week uh jason buddy thank you so much for taking the time to record with us this week absolutely thanks for having thank me. you yeah thanks guys i had a good time i'm always down to come back whenever you guys will have me let it's me one crap up crap up your show yeah yeah right uh the a in case anybody out there didn't know this uh i actually asked jason on this week because we've been on the network for a year this week this is our year anniversary of being on the network oh it's, hey. it's, it's our anniversary what'd you get me uh, you can kill a me in PUBG. A sloppy kiss. <laughs> I don't know how you like them sloppy. Because <laughs> if, if you look at your text messages right now, I sent you some photos. <laughs> well, I was oh. about to say, for our anniversary, two dick pics and a level three helmet in PUBG. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so guys, uh, if you like our theme song, check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Our buddy Jason here has his music out now if you want to check it out. I, I believe you could find it on iTunes, on Amazon, jasonward.bandcamp.com. Is that the... That's correct. And yeah, Spotify. Bandcamp's the, best, Bandcamp's the best way to get it. 
But but if you want it like in your Amazon, your iTunes stuff, it's there too. So yeah, check it out. I'm a big fan myself. Um, Thank you. And all that jazz. Well, guys, we will see you next week. And guess what? We'll probably have a fucking Han, Han Solo trailer to talk about. We'll be all jazzed. Tasty. And uh, it'll be a fun time. So, guys, until then, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>